welcome to the Accidental Experts Podcast. I'm your host, Bryce Hamilton, and I am a licensed clinical social worker, also known as a child and family therapist. I have been practicing for 15 years, and I'm also a mom of four. I pride myself on being an intentional expert. I have a passion for learning, helping, and changing lives. I am so excited that you are here today. I know that this podcast will find people in lots of roles supporting children, teens, and family life. Please come as you are. My goal is to make you an accidental expert. I will be traveling with you on this journey, sharing loads of ideas, practical solutions to help you raise healthy humans. Okay, so our first topic today is going to be one about this idea of having a pause when our kids have really big reactions and responses to things. I know that my kids do sometimes have really big feelings and they don't quite know how to handle all of them yet. And I'm sure your kids are the same as mine. There are times where my kids do things and it is unexpected behavior and it can be really upsetting. And sometimes I find myself thinking really frustrated thoughts, but I know that coming to them with a frustrated thought is certainly not going to calm the system down. So I want to introduce this idea of a pause button. We all have one, which is really exciting. And you're wondering, like, where do you find it? I haven't located it yet. But let me tell you about what this pause button is. And It's this idea that we can pause ourselves in big emotions to kind of collect our feelings and thoughts about what's happening and just stop for a second so that we can be intentional about what we say next. So to find your pause button, you're going to turn your wrist over and we're actually going to find our pulse. And if you know how to do that, you're going to take your middle finger and your pointer finger and put that on the inside of your wrist just below your wrist line under your thumb, and you're going to feel gently for that. I'm going to include an article below to tell you more about how to find your pulse. But when you're able to locate that, I want you to notice how fast or slow your pulse is moving. And normally when we are in a situation where our kids are having big feelings and we're also having big feelings in response, our pulse is going to be really rocketing. It's going to be moving pretty fast. And in that moment, I want you to just take these deep breaths, breathe in through your nose, hold it for a second, and then breathe out through your mouth and just take some breaths and notice how you can also slow down your pulse. And by slow down, slowing down your pulse, we're actually able to kind of recollect ourselves to be in a better headspace. And this idea of taking our pulse or having a pause button is to give ourselves a distraction to stop thinking about the behavior that's happening right now so that we can calm ourselves down and get back to the task at hand to solve the problem that's there. When we have big feelings as parents, and our kids are having big feelings, that does not help us to slow this process down. It actually elevates their response to us. Now, they might quiet down if they're fearful of our response, but it doesn't actually solve the problem. So grown-ups having big feelings about kids' big feelings actually makes the process harder and longer. And so I think this parental pause or this pause button can really help us as parents. Another idea I want us to think about is that as parents, we are responsible for also modeling our behavior that we want our kids to do. I'm going to pause for just a second, actually, and say that I use the word 
parent interchangeably with caregiver. I understand that there's grandparents out there, aunts and uncles, foster families, teachers, and other people who love kids that are hopefully going to be listening to this podcast. And I want you to know that I have not forgotten you. I know you're there. And I'm just using the word parents as an easy verbiage for me, but I know all of you are out there. So this idea is that we are the model for kids on regulating their emotions. I would also like to take a moment to introduce this idea of collaborative parenting. Um, And this is a model that I work from. And the idea is as a collaborative parent, we are working together with our kids and we are on a team approach where we're going to solve these problems that we come into contact with together. And I, the thing I love about this model is that it has such great long-term success. And this model was actually developed by Dr. Ross Green. I'll have his website in the show notes, but he is an amazing, amazing psychologist that has tons of information about how to be a collaborative parent, even if you're dealing with the most challenging or difficult kiddos. His work has been really highly researched. Okay, so I also wanted to introduce, like, why why are we doing this parental pause? Because, like, it would be easier if I just told my kid what to do and they just did what I said. Or, like, they didn't do the annoying stuff or the bad things and they weren't um, making these choices. It would be easier. But the reality is, is that our kids are going to make mistakes because they're learning, right? Their brain is still developing and they need us to model what behavior we would like them to have. So there's a quote from Peggy O'Mara that I love that has really shaped how I parent as a parent. And the quote is, the way we talk to our children becomes their inner voice. And I don't know about you, but when I first heard that, it was shocking and also like, uh, yeah, duh. Yeah, that makes sense. But also like kind of made me rethink how I was approaching situations because sometimes I get frustrated like many of you do. And I want to make sure that my kids have an internal voice that is kind to them, that is flexible, that is understanding and loving. And so that has been on my mind when I handle situations with my kiddos. So once we've calmed down and we've used this pause button and we're in a place where we feel like we can say words that we're proud of, then I want you to move next to trying to express your feelings or what you feel like is happening in the circumstance that's causing you to have a big response. And I often start with, I love you. I feel like that's a really great first phrase, even though the thing that they're doing might feel unlovable. I still love them. And I still want them to know that I really care about them, even though I am not thrilled with the behavior that's happening right now. So an example for a little kid would be, I love you. I'm sad that you hit your sister. Let's try again asking for that toy together. And that collaborative part of doing things together is a good model of how you would like the behavior to go. Plus, it helps them to know how to solve the situation in the future. Or a teen version would look like, I love you. But staying out past your curfew was really scary for me. Tomorrow, we will talk about what happened and how to work through this together. The reality is, is that you get to have your feelings. And if we keep it short and to the point and direct but kind, then our kids are actually going to hear what we have to say. It's also important for us to express 
that we have feelings that happen out of fear. A lot of what we do as parents is very fear-based in our response, whether it's a fear of our kids growing up to be successful, happy humans and what they're doing right now would never be acceptable in the adult world or fear of our kids not having friends or fear of our kids being picked on or fear of our kids being a bully, fear of our kids not being able to leave our house, right? So we have lots of fears, but another fear that can really impact how we parent is this fear of what other people think. And I encourage you, although I know this is very hard, I encourage you to just like throw that thought away because the reality is, is that no one else is in your shoes. And it is so much easier to judge other people when you are on the outside looking in because they have no idea what's going on. But everybody likes to offer their two cents. And you know what? You do not have to accept it. You do not have to agree. You do not have to believe it. But sometimes we do, and that's okay. But I think a lot of times our responses to our kids may be something that is out of fear of what other people will think. And I'd like you to take the time to think about, is that really what you think? Because oftentimes I have a totally different thought than society will name it, whether it be parents or grandparents or a teacher or some random person at the restaurant. I have different feelings than they do, and they don't understand my kid, and they don't understand the circumstance, and guess what? They don't have to, and that's okay. We don't have to bring them into our parenting story, and that will allow us to have better relationships with our kids when we're parenting between the two of us or other adults that are in our lives, like a partner and that child. I also wanted to say something that was has been really impactful to me also about anger. And it's this idea that being angry doesn't undo what's already happened. So if your kid has thrown flour all over your kitchen and him and his sister are covered in flour and it is a gigantic mess, screaming at them, yelling at them, hitting them, hurting them, never cleans up the mess, right? It's still there. So anger doesn't really help. So if my teenager is late for curfew and I scream at them, it doesn't force them to arrive home earlier than they did today. Or my kid gets a C on their paper and I think it's because they didn't put enough effort yelling at them does not actually change that grade. What does change their grade is taking the time to understand what happened and what led to that decision that was made and coming up with a plan to keep that from happening in the future. Is it a tutor? Is it a reminder on their phone to tell them when they should head home? Is it a conversation where they were actually in a circumstance that they made a really good choice, although late for curfew, they did something safe, but we need to increase communication? Is it that they're young kids and they thought it looked fun to throw flour all over the place? It could be all of those things, and we can work together to figure that out. So I so appreciate everyone being here today to listen to this message about our pause button. I hope that you found it really helpful and insightful, and I hope that you're going to be able to utilize it in your everyday life. I'd like to stop and end with some takeaways from our message today and to reiterate the pause button. 
our words become our kids' internal voice saying, I love you, and then your message when you're having big feelings about your kid's behavior. And then finally, that words can't be unsaid. So remember, anger doesn't undo what has already happened. Thank you so much for joining me today. I look forward to hearing from you. If you want to send suggestions, comments, questions, please feel free to send it to accidentalexperts at gmail.com and look forward to our podcast next week. Thank you. Some words from our legal team. The information presented in this podcast is not intended or implied to be a substitute for appropriate professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content, including text, graphics, images, and information contained on or available through this podcast is for general information purposes only. This podcast makes no representations and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy or information on or available through this podcast. And such information is subject to change without notice. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained through this program with other sources and review all information regarding any condition or treatment with the appropriate professionals. What we're saying is, yes, I am a real therapist, but I'm not your therapist. <laughs>